0: Hey, folks and welcome to another episode of the club rugby collective this is your one-stop shop podcast for all things queensland premier rugby brought to you by all sports physiotherapy my name is brendan saucer from queensland rugby and joining me as always is my good mate jay boss Norton. jay how are we mate
1: living drink saucy boy as per usual how you doing my friend
0: not too bad. Now, mate, another cracking weekend of club footy last weekend in the bank. Let's take a look back at round seven before we throw forward to round eight, mate. And we're going to kick things off at Skyfleet Stadium, mate, with the doggies. And unfortunately, mate, there's another rough drop for them as the Bull Sharks kept their winning streak alive, mate. Bond, they're looking sharp.
1: Bond are legit, mate. They're, they, I, I think the top four is going to stay how it is. We always knew that Jeeps, UQ and East were going to be there. Um, and that fourth place spot was up for grabs. I was saying that it's brothers to lose, and I just think Bonda have shown that they are legitimately a top four side, and, in my opinion, a smoky to come away with it. They can beat any team on their day. They are just such an exciting an exciting team to watch i I would love to know how many tribes they have scored when starting in their own half. Because on the weekend, I think they probably bagged three. Um, and we've seen them do it over the past few weeks. Mate, they are electric. And they are such a good outfit. They, they're probably the number one attacking team in the competition, in my opinion.
0: Mate, I was going to be a bit interested to see how they went without Liam Dillon at um, halfback. So he missed last weekend. He had to go home to Townsville for some of the commitments. And... Um, Spencer Jeans came in a halfback, but they didn't miss a beat. But from what I saw at South the weeks prior, a lot of their front ball ball is being generated from LD's running game, which we've seen at West in previous years. Um, and I know the Doggies have always used him in sort of different ways. I remember seeing some matches where he jumped in the line out and all yeah. sorts of stuff. But um, And as great as Harry Nusifora has been for Bond over the last few years, I think the criticism of Harry Nusifora at rep rugby has always been a lack of a running game. He's great passing. His kicking games electric. Defensively, he's he's sound as a halfback. We have seen him develop some of that running game in previous years before he's obviously gone down to, he's at Eastern Sydney. I believe he's playing um, second grade down there and he's enjoying life. Um, But LD is at a whole nother level. His speed and and. Just his elusiveness with his footwork as well. Once he takes off, mate, I think he adds a whole other dimension to that Bond back line. And it's pay- and it paid off, obviously, in the weeks leading up. But on the weekend, um, Spencer Jeans came in, didn't miss a beat. Scored a try of his own in the 25th minute. Um, and they outscored West here, I think it was, seven tries to two in the 39-19 affair. So probably not too much more to be said. Bond, they're looking sharp. Wests. Um, you know, I think there's still good signs there, but um, I don't think we're going to be seeing them playing in finals footy this year. No, not
1: at all. The doggies are out of contention, surely. They're not good enough um, just right now. They're rebuilding. They need some time together. You know, they we, we've said it before they've lost their 9, 10, 12, and 13. Their forward pack is red hot. Their scrum is starting to really dominate. Um, Gav Luca is looking better and better. Leah Mush is scrummaging. In- Gone to another level under Daryl Mcnamara, um, but for mine, like I think they look unfit for the style of football they want to play. You know, their forwards look like they're absolutely bugged, um, and, and that'll come with uh, some opportunities to actually play a bit more footy together and stuff like that. But Gav Luke is now playing more minutes than he's played in the past four or five years, and he's looking better every single week. Um, I think Jess Skelton was a big loss, but then they brought Cow Smith in, who for mine, I think is probably the best second rower that Wes has got going at the moment. You know, like um, Rob Puglia was a little bit out of form. He, he played brilliantly on the weekend. Uh, Will Dearden has had a series of head knocks and stuff like that. And Cow Smith came on after playing a full game of reserve grade and then just started chopping up in the second minute for 60 minutes. He's an absolute gun, but... I think next year is going to be their year. Uh, this year is probably a bridge too far. But, mate, Bond, they are red hot. And I think Doggies missed a really good opportunity here. No Liam Dillon. Mitch Third coming off the bench. Uh, no Gus Uh I think um, uh, no Luke Papworth. Uh, Dylan Rowe was out. You know, there was a lot of... Uh, uh, Nick Turner was out after playing probably his best game in a long time, a week or two ago. So... That was a good opportunity against the us. Um, And they got resoundingly smashed, to be honest.
0: Well, look, mate, I think you mentioned it there right at the very start. Probably one of the positives for the Doggies is actually seeing Gav Lucas string some games together. The poor fella has been injury riddled since he left school. And it's great to actually see him stringing weeks of footy together. But let's jump forward, mate. Um, While well, you were down in the doldrums about West losing, mate, Tigers, clean, sweet, over south, mate. I don't, really? I'm not sure clean if it's ever sweet? happened in my time at the club. So uh, I, I was back in action this weekend as well, albeit for 15 minutes before I pulled my calf again. But, you know, help fifth grade get that win. Um, you battler. Oh, I'll tell you what, mate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, old unfit sauce and my calves, mate, they're not good. But anyway, um, East. Versus South's in first grade. The Tigers getting up here. 57, 26. They scored in total nine tries, or is it 10 here? I'm just counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine tries. Three of those to Dylan Tyskato Simpson. Pilsey was on fire with the boot again. Uh, your favorite man, Chodo Baggins, Reese Van No Neck got over for a try. Um, Mm -hmm. so pretty comprehensive performance from the Tigers, but I was actually surprised to see South get over for four tries. I thought defensively that East were actually Mm. probably gonna do better here, but be the sounds of things, just a couple of lapses and which you know can happen if you're on a fire like that. But the Tigers obviously can't do that against better teams.
1: No, no, that's it. Look, they they were up thirty-eight mil at the half, and then I think they scored again straight in the second half. Look, they they were absolutely smashing South. So Look, if there if there is one issue to do with East, it is that they do let in a lot of points in the in the back end of that second half from the 60th minute onward. They've done it against Jeeps, they've done it against UQ, they've done it against South, they've done it against North. That they do switch off, and look that, that they were made to pay for that by a team like Bond, who can attack from anywhere. The other sides haven't been able to really do so as yet. But if they come into finals and they're letting teams score 20, 30 points because they switch off despite being ahead by 50, they're going to pay. And they need to sort that out. Um, But that said, they were absolutely ridiculous. This is exactly what we anticipated. Look, it was boys against men. It really was. You've know, you got uh, former Wallabies and professional footy players going up against guys who last year won a Colts 1 premiership. There wasn't too much to say otherwise, you know, it it was always bound to happen. But, you know, if you can take one criticism away from that game for East, it is that they are letting teams score plenty of points against them and they need to shore that up. I don't know whether it's they just switch off. I don't know whether it's an actual lapse in concentration. I don't know whether it's actual um, poor defensive structures or whatever it may be, but it just seems that, You know, it's going to be an issue if they let teams do that in finals time because Bond, UQ, and Jeeps, who I think are probably going to round out the top four, can all make you pay if you do that.
0: Very, very true, mate. All right, well... Given the scoreline of on that one, as we predicted, probably not too much more to be said about that one. Besides, maybe, I'm on the way Aiden Toa is probably injecting himself into that back line a little bit more, playing a bit more. Mm. Um, attacking Brandon footy. I think him and Jack Frampton are still finding their combination a bit. Um, but when it clicks, it's obviously going to go well. So let's go to the north side now. Um, GPS versus normal. and gallopers getting up here, 47 to 20. Um, we saw Josh Collins get a hat-trick in this one. Big Molly milamo got over for a try. And a was Kiri. Big Rato Vio. He was uh, on fire again. And one of our favorite blokes for season 2020, Jamie Rickward. Um, North got over here for four tries. Big cap, your, your hooker mate, former Westboy, Cody Blackhurst, getting over for a try. Mm. Um be the, the sounds of things, mate. I spoke to Luke Oxford, obviously Eagles coach, after this match. He said that they were probably in it up until about 20 minutes. And then he just said the class of GPS just showed when I mean, you got guys like AJ Alatimu, who's played footy at a high level there, Teddy Teller working in your 10 and 12, mate. They're just orchestrating the match. And AJ had a great game the boot slot and six conversions. So tough day at the office for Norse, mate. But I think if you still. If you just look at the scoreline, you can definitely be like, oh, what's happening at Norse? But if you actually see what is happening within the club, there's definitely a lot of positives there still.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I know the scoreline wasn't too flattering, but um, I agree with Ox, mate. At, at half time, I think Norse were only down by a few points and they were right in it. You know, they, they were actually taking it to them. They were getting a few scrum penalties here and there. Um, but, yeah, it was just a class of Jeeps. I think they actually brought Teddy Teller on the field as a replacement and he teamed up with AJ Alatimu, and they started just absolutely running wild. And, um, but AJ Alatimu, he had an absolute blinder of a match. And, uh, yeah, look, it, it was just... It was a side that, you know, you've got a side like Jeeps who was well-established, have played so much footy together and they've got how they played down pat. And they've got Norths who are sort of starting to form something well. So, I agree with Oxal right in it. And I agree with you as well, Source. Look, you can't look at the scoreline. If you look at Norths, mate, they are building something really good there. I think Reece Tarpane scored a brilliant try in the corner with about four or five guys on him. Um, Varesa Mataitini was really, really dangerous again. I think Nathan Tweedy, at open side flanker for them, is absolutely... That- Absolutely massive. The second I always worked hard at Wilshire and O'Connor, I think it is. And, mate, they, they've got something good brewing out there in Nunder, mate. So, they just need to keep at it. And if they can keep at it and they can start to build over the next few seasons and they can keep some of the talent that they've acquired and bring in some new uh, fresh faces, mate, they will be legit. But, yeah, at the end of the day, Jeeps were always going to run away with this one and their class showed in the back end.
0: Very true, mate. And they'll be happy with that one in terms of their for and against as well as we get down to the business end of the season. Now, mate, we'll get to the match of the round between UQ and brothers. We were both there. You commentated. I got the chance to take some photos up on Facebook if you want to check them out. Slight plug. Um, Just sneak that one in there. Um, But, mate, this was an absolutely cracking game of footy, I thought. And it went... Down to the wire, Coyotes was the difference with his kicking. Both sides crossed for uh, five tries apiece. Coyotes actually crossing for a double, so I think individually he amassed 21 points here. But you and I were talking about this one last night before we got on the pod. Now, in my opinion, I actually think brothers were the better team on the day in terms of the footy they played, opportunities they created. Hudson Crichton is a freak, Um, I think he's definitely got a long career in club footy. Um, You know, Billy Bully as a kid who has come down from Townsville.
1: Billy Bully.
0: Yeah, great name. Came down from Townsville um, a few years ago. Was playing third grade last year. He was excellent. Noah Nielsen was excellent. But, you know, to your point that you said last night, even though that was a fact, UQ still find a way to win. That's it. Um, look, when
1: when you know Ws need to be picked up, they pick them up. It's what they do. It's what they've done for the better part of a decade. And that's why you can't write them off. Last year, I said at the halfway mark of the season, they're not going to play finals. And they came away with the entire thing. So Hino and Elton Berenger know how to coach a side. So we can't ever write them off. But yeah, I agree. Look, brothers, I think, actually played some better footy. On the day. Uh, UQ came out of the blocks absolutely firing and then going into half-time, brothers were up. Wasn't really anticipating that one because UQ were looking so good in that first 20. So, somewhat rocks and diamonds with UQ. But, again, as I said, they come away with Ws when they need to. So, they can play, you know, 40 minutes of good footy and 40 minutes of pretty average footy and still come away with a W at, at Crosby, which is absolutely massive. But, um, yeah, mate, like that. Just coyotes, Mac. Really, like they are just genuine freaks. They are absolutely awesome. Um, So we've said it before, and we'll say it again. You know, they Hino is so good at getting youngsters up to a premier grade standard quicker than anybody else, and it is just testament to just how good of a coach he really is. So, but mate, I think I think um, I think brothers. Yeah, they they very easily could miss out on finals this year.
0: They could, mate, but if you have a look at those, obviously they've really got a they can't really afford to be dropping any more games. But no. if you have a look at who they're going to get back from a Reds point of view now that the Wallaby squad is going to be announced, if you add a Hamish Stewart into that back line there at a 12, um, obviously Harry Hooper there for the front row, although I think their front row has been performing pretty admirably. Um, you know, Matty Fazler is still the fastest front rower in the competition. <laughs> he had some great touches on the weekend as well. Um, but will those and then, players, you know, Lawson,
1: Crichton, Smitty and so on, will they have to go into a two-week quarantine before coming back to clubland?
0: Yeah, that'll happen. So I think it'll be the final two. So they might only get time. one match out of them. Yeah. Yeah. But if they can get to that point where they're still in contention, they finished in round four. You add, as we said, Hamish Stewart, Harry Hopert, Lawson Crichton, Ryan Smith. Um, mate, I think there's a lot of class coming back into that side. And if, they, if things just sort of pick up where they left off, a- a- anything's possible, I reckon. Um,
1: anything's but I was possible, say, I
0: suppose. Very, very true. Very true. But... I think the other thing worth mentioning from a UQ point of view is just the difference that Connor Vest and Connor Mitchell are making. Obviously, Vesty um, originally from Northern Rivers and New South Wales. We spoke about him before. He spent years down at North in Sydney playing against Connor Mitchell, um, and even interviewing Connor Mitchell post-match on the weekend. He said he's happy to have Connor Vest on his team now rather than playing against him. Um, and those guys are just adding an extra level of physicality and just skill level in that forward pack. And Connor's obviously benefited, I think, from going away and playing in some different competitions where he probably has had to put on a bit of size and play a different brand of footy to the fast place footy that he was used to playing up here before he went. There's always been the difference between Prem Rugby and Shoot Shield. We've sort of got this fast young man's game up here in Prem Rugby with a lot of free-flowing Free. footy. It's a lot more hard-nosed forward-based traditional style footy down and shoot shield. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot to like about UQ as well. And, you know, the fact that they're able to bring Scott Gale off the bench He's <laughs> a yeah, pretty Yeah. That's guy not that's come it. on. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. But I think, yeah, Connor Vest um, and TJ Cassini and Connor Mitchell, they've finally got some big bodies that can really bend the line. For the first few weeks, it was pretty much just Connor Vest all by himself, and it showed. They weren't able to really play that expansive brand of footy they wanted to do. Then they brought TJC Cassini on. They started bringing Connor Mitchell off the bench because he was a little underdone, a little unfit. Now they're starting him, and they start their matches with two or three tries straight off out of the gates. Like They're starting to really play this really fast brand of footy. And you saw it in the match on the weekend. Their defensive line speed was coming up so quick, so they started. Brothers started to play 60 at 10 and bounce out the back to Rose Sifaloi, and that's where they started getting purchase on those fringes. So credit to Brothers, they are able to uh, identify that and, and change their style of football. But that's how UQ play. They are starting to really play some high tempo footy, both on on both sides of the ball, and. I think, yeah, they, they needed to they needed to supplement Conor Vest with guys like Connor Mitchell and, and TJC Cassini. So, now they've got all the workings to be a side that can come away with the, the Hospital Challenge Cup this year well and truly. They've got experience. They've got big bodies. They've got a good set of pieces developing with guys like Alex Sanger and co-on. So, yeah, they're looking bloody good.
0: All right. Well, before we wrap up our chat on round seven, two special mentions before we finish up. I want to give a big shout out to East proper George Francis. He got married on Friday and still backed up and played on Saturday. How he got out of that with his missus, no idea. I think he was maybe stinging a bit after the wedding ceremony, but hats off to the big fella.
1: <laughs> mate, that's absolutely huge. Good on him. What a legend.
0: Mate, if, if I did that, mate, my missus would, yeah, no. Nah, it just, it wouldn't happen. No. Um, not even
1: a topic of your
0: discussion. No, nah, definitely not. Now the other one, I did mention Scott Gale was on the bench. Now I had no idea why. I was sitting in the corner taking photos, waiting for Kyos to score one of his tries. Um, Scotty runs up in the reserve might, mate, what are you doing on the bench? He said, Oh, well, I haven't been a training this week, I'm a dad now. So he had his daughter last week. So On he, Tuesday, now, yeah. Yep, now one of the, uh, the hottest dads in Brisbane. So, shout out to Scotty Gale. Special moment.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely awesome, mate. It's it's great to see. Um, you know, that that's... Look, at the end of the day, we're just playing a bit of code. So, you know, family comes first. But it's great to see him back up and, and come away and get a W out there at Cosby Park. But, yeah, congratulations, Galey. That's absolutely fantastic, mate.
0: So, that wraps up things for round seven. So we'll throw forward to Round 8 to kick things off. Now, Round 8 is going to be our first ever Queensland Premier Rugby mental health round. Now, we've always played, well, when I say always, since 2015, we've had the Richterial Cup between East and Sunnybank. That will be our match of the round this weekend. That obviously came off the back of um, some great work from some of Rick's mates, which we'll discuss in a second because we've got a special guest Coming on, um, Susie Russell, she is our QRU mental health uh, coordinator and is helping run our In Touch mental health program and rolling that out around the state, looking to provide the rugby community with mental health first aid training. So let's have a chat to Susie. So as mentioned earlier, round eight of the All Sports Physiotherapy Hospital Challenge Cup is our first ever mental health round. Now, obviously, in years gone by, we have marked this occasion by celebrating the Rick Tyrrell Cup for the first time ever. It's a whole of competition mental health round. And joining us today to talk about the important issue of mental health within club rugby is our QAU mental health coordinator, Susanna Russell. How are
2: we? Very good. Thanks, Sos. What about you?
0: Not too bad. Now, Susie, as we mentioned, um, this is all sort of spurred from the Rick Tyrrell Cup clash between East and Sunnybank, which was started by um, a few of Rick Tyrrell's mates. Now, for those people who don't have the background, Rick Tyrrell, he was a former Queensland Reds prop. He also played for Sunnybank and East, and unfortunately, he, uh, he suffered from some mental health issues and unfortunately lost his battle. Um, a few years ago, and I believe 2015 was the first year that East and Sunnybank contested the Rick Cup and Rick's mates um, started the Rugby Unite charity and part of what they wanted to instill was some uh, mental health first aid training. And now uh, partnering with QRU now and with state government, we've now got the In Touch Mental Health Program, which is what Susie is involved with. So Susie, do you just want to give us a bit of a rundown as to what the program uh, is and, and how everything's sort of all tied together?
2: Yeah, sure. sure. So, I mean, as you said, it's obviously a program that's based on the initial work from um, the Rugby Unite guys, which is an amazing, I guess, starting point and point of raising awareness about the importance of mental health um, and being able to support your mates and have conversations with them. So, as you said, with, I guess, a bit more um, support from the government now, we've been able to create In Touch, which is all about um, creating mentally healthy rugby environments, Queensland wide. And I guess having awareness that everyone has mental health and encouraging people to be proactive about looking after themselves, um, just like we might discuss our physical health or form, and being able to equip people to have those conversations and have awareness of how they're going um, personally as well.
0: Now, obviously, Susie, you only sort of really launched this program. I um, mean, that's had a few different interaction inter- uh, iterations. Um, prior to sort of what you sort of set up in the last um, last period of time, but obviously the COVID period really sort of changed how you've been able to roll out the program. So you just give us a bit of an insight into the last few months, sort of how you've gone about introducing mental health first aid uh, information sessions and then obviously actually running the mental health first aid training sessions itself.
2: Yeah, so COVID's obviously changed the way that we kind of operate in society and removed that. Um, or reduce that capacity to do some face-to-face training, but it's opened up an opportunity for us to deliver these sessions um, online and interact with, I guess, a broader range of people who maybe couldn't be there in person. So the way we're now running things um, is basically using Zoom um, to deliver the mental health information sessions, which is an hour-long session which just gives us some general information on mental health um, and a lot around self-care and breaking down some stigma and how people might experience Um, positive um, and more challenging mental health personally and then the mental health first aid training um, we've got a trainer called Matt who's worked already with a heap of people in the rugby community um, who also delivers his sessions um, via zoom at the moment that everyone can access um, to be able to become trained themselves in sort of what's a condensed version um, with the same quality of learning for everyone there. And what that mental health first aid training does um, is a bit more of an in-depth course is kind of allows you to really identify um, the signs and symptoms of, of poor mental health, um, be really equipped to have strong conversations um, with your friends or your family, um, and also manage any um, crisis mental health situations that might occur. Um, but it's also a great um, starting point for people to think about and reflect on their own um, well-being and be able to equip some, I guess, self-sufficient strategies within their club that work there
0: now obviously Susie um yourself and Matt you guys have been working with clubs around the state a few of our prime rugby clubs have sort of really sort of picked up and run this and and UQ in particular have a have a large number of mental health first aid trainers now within sort of their staff and their playing group
2: yeah it's so great to see that some clubs have really I guess jumped jumped on the bandwagon and run with it and seen the value in the program and I guess the way um, that I encourage people to think if they're thinking about doing the training is to go and have conversations with those people that have done it. Um, And the benefit that it's brought to them has really been a big awareness of how important it actually is. Um, And I just guess the realisation that everyone does have mental health as well as physical health and that it's part of our responsibility, I guess, as a rugby community and the great potential that we have um, to be proactive and take um, ownership in in that um, area as well.
0: Now, uh, obviously, this week, mental health round, and there's a lot of collateral that's going out on social media, out in club land. Um, what are sort of some of the key messages that you're looking to get out there this weekend, um, whether that be, as we mentioned, physical posters around the club for people to look out for or across social media?
2: Yeah, so we've developed, I guess, a, a lot of key uh, messages through this physical and social collateral, which hopefully people And we'll see up around the clubs and also um, through their own media interactions. And essentially what those messages are is trying to get people to first have awareness of where their mental health is at individually, um, to get them to understand that everyone's equipped to have a conversation about mental health um, and that we should be doing that more um, frequently and also increasing the quality and positivity of those conversations. Um, And I guess to introduce people to some resources and helplines that if they do want support either for themselves or potentially for a friend or family member. They're really well educated um, on where to go and who to talk to and who might be useful um, for specific mental health challenges that we might experience. Um, And then really like as well, just trying to increase the awareness and break down some of that stigma that we traditionally see in uh, male dominated spaces around mental health um, and get people to own that and be proactive. Um, So it's kind of a a broad education, um, but it's a really introductory step to getting people um, to have those positive conversations.
0: Very true. Um, Now, Susie, obviously there's more to come with this program in terms of how we want to roll it out. What's sort of the the overarching sort of um, goal whether that be within the Prem Rugby space or with, with rugby clubs around the state as a whole?
2: Yeah, so I think um, the overall goal is to create a really, I guess, self-sustaining um, or sufficient um, program where people um, are individually equipped within their clubs or within their subunions to um, proactively promote positive mental health and also deal with any challenges um, and recognise symptoms that someone might be experiencing. So um, we're working with each club um, individually to create a mental health action plan for them. So much like we have protocol and processes um, for things like a physical injury, um, we also are trying to create that around um, the mental health space. So the goal is to basically have um, a minimum of um, one mental health first aid trainer to every 50 people that belong to a club, Um, but as many as we can get is excellent Um, and make sure that we're getting that reach obviously within um, QPR Rugby and within Brisbane, but also more broadly across the whole state Um, and just as a starting point for people Um, to have that awareness.
0: Now, Susie, if anyone wants to get in touch with uh, yourself, find out some more information around the program and how to get involved, um, where can they head to to find that information?
2: Yeah, so they can reach out, I guess, directly um, to me um, at susanna.russell at redsrugby.com.au, or through their own club general manager or someone who is a mental health first aid officer. And then the other way to reach out or gain some more information yourself is we've created um, a mental health section of our Queensland rugby website. Um, And there's a heap of information there um, about signs and symptoms, um, also about how to look out for a mate, how to have a conversation, um, a self-test that you can do as an assessment. And also, I guess, more referral onto further resources that you can go and read to get some more information. So that's a really good starting point um, to just get an idea about what's out there and how you can get involved with training but also if you're wanting to I don't know get some more information for yourself or potentially for a friend it's a great place to start um and is designed in a way that's meant to be digestible um to the rugby community
0: oh good well thanks very much for your time today Susie and uh it was some great work you're doing and uh obviously you know sort of changing the the approach to mental health within the rugby community is an important cause and, you know, we encourage everyone this weekend to, you know, take the time to um, pay attention to the messages that are going on our social, around the clubs, check out the website, qld.rugby and um, more importantly, just look out for one another.
2: Yep, thanks very much for having me, Source, and really proud that this is our first QPR um, mental health round that we've got going here.
0: Excellent stuff, Susie, thanks very much. All right, well, great to have Susie on there to chat about mental health round. Jay, this is a VC, mate. Um, definitely something that both you and I can get around, mate, this weekend.
1: 100%, mate. Look, it, it's it's something very near and dear to my heart. I, I think, um, you know, the, the stigma that is associated with mental health is starting to diminish day by day, but it is still there. So the more that we can help promote, um, you know, uh, supporting people with... Uh, with their mental health. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Look, everybody has mental health, be it good or bad. And, you know, going to a therapist should be just as uh, celebrated as going to the gym um, to work on your physical health. So, in my opinion, this is a brilliant initiative. I'm glad to see it's expanded out from just the Rick Tyrrell Cup to a whole mental health round. I know for a fact that people are struggling. I know for a fact that it affects everyone within the game, be it man, woman or child, player, administrator, manager, supporter, whatever it may be. So... To see the QRU actually implement, you know, a mental health round and and help get around everyone is absolutely fantastic, in my opinion.
0: Good shout, mate. And I think it's obviously extremely topical at the moment. Um, 2020 has been a year like no other. And different people have faced different challenges. And, uh, you know, more importantly... Uh, at the moment, it's just crucial to look out for one another. That's what rugby's about. So, a great chance to remember that this weekend. Keep an eye out on the resources we're putting out on Queensland Premier Rugby page. You can check out our website, as we mentioned, with Susie, Under the program section, there's information there on how you can get involved. So, let's throw it forward to our round eight matches. Made obviously, we'll get to East v. Sunny Maker's match of the round at the end. But to kick things off, Brothers v. South at Crosby Park. Uh, this is obviously uh, the one win that... or no, South's got a win over Sunday, mate, didn't they? My bad. Um, but this was that first up win that South had in round one over brothers. And I know that the guys got a lot of a kick out of beating brothers at Crosby Park. But I dare say we're probably going to predict the result to go the other way this weekend.
1: Yeah, look, I think brothers are going to absolutely smash them after They went down to... Um, to South early on in the season. Luckily, it wasn't for points, for brothers' sake, but it was still a loss nonetheless. And, you know, we, we said at the time that, you know, chatting to T-Bone Maloney, he was just saying, we think the boys switched off. I don't think there's any chance of that happening now. Um, you know, I think I think it's actually to the detriment of South that they actually did win that game, to be honest, because now brothers are going to come out and they're not going to let this one go lightly. And I can't help but think that, you know, their forward pack is probably going to run rampant. We've seen their, the brothers forwards, guys like Brad Kappa, Alex Perez playing the house down. And they play with a lot of width, but they're also very bloody tough too. And they like to get their hands free. So I think it's going to be one through the guts there. And then guys like Hardy Crichton, Billy Boule and so on are going to have an absolute field day.
0: Very true, mate. Now, West versus Jeeps, it's ladies' Day. At the Kennel, mate. I've seen some great video content coming out from the Doggies this week, mate. Um, it's going to be a big day for for Wes, but definitely a hard challenge, mate, in first grade.
1: Yeah, look, it's going to be a tough day out for all grades, to be honest. We know that uh, the depth of Jeeps is as is deep as the Nile. Um, but, you know, I think it's a game that, for whatever reason, Wes playing Jeeps at the Kennel, they always get up. We've, we've dusted them a few times um, you know, uh, surprising them on our home track. I think, to be honest, Jeeps are going to be too good on the day. I think we've finally got a little bit of scrum parody. Um, so the scrum battle is going to be absolutely red hot, but I think the Jeeps back line is going to go hell for leather. But um, yeah, a shout out. It, it is Ladies Day, but a very big shout out to Holly Class Olive and our old man, Tim Class Olaf. Uh Very big supporters of the White Rimmen Foundation. Um, they were at the kennel last night. Having a yarn to all the players just in regards to domestic violence within Australia. We are raising funds for them and um, it's a bloody great cause and it's a very serious issue. It, uh, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to get um, as much press as it really, really should. So a big shout out to the class, all of family for really driving that at the kennel this weekend. But it's going to be a hell of a day out.
0: Very true, mate. Holly and her family make great campaigners for it. I remember being there last year for that same chat, mate, nice. and yeah, emotional, mate. It's, uh, it's definitely a cause close to their heart, and credit to them for the work they're putting in. Um, now, mate, UQ North at St. Lucia. Um, you know, I know the first clash between these guys was very close, and no doubt North would look to push them, but UQ, mate, I think they're just improving that little bit every week, and it's hard to see the result going any other way than the Red Heavies this weekend.
1: That's it. I can't see North getting up over the Heavies, um, unfortunately for them. Uh, look, North can beat anyone on their day in this competition. We've seen that. I think they'll give them a, a real shake early on. But yeah, look, UQ, they're just real classy and I can't help but think that they're Got to run them off the park a little bit, I think their fitness and their speed is going to really pay dividends for them.
0: Well, mate, just having a look at the team list that, um, that new, you have got here for me. I'm not sure whether this is finalized, but a few changes here. We're going to see a couple of changes in the locks with Richard Clift and Tom Vanderscheif come in. Um, Connor Vestman, back to number eight. Now, here's a big one for you, Jasper Mellish fly half. Okay. Now, I understand. My understanding was, now, mate, I've been following Jasper for a little while. He's a good sunny coast kid. He's come out of Siena. Um, Very ashamed that he went to UQ and not East. What can you do? Um, He's from my old club up there, USC. So, good shout out to Jasper. But I thought he was a wing fullback. So, it would be interesting to see him come on a fly half, see what he can do. Um, We've got James Wood playing at one centre, Kai Oates at outside centre. Um, so we'll wait and see what team they actually roll out with but it looks like UQ might be um, giving some other younger fellas a crack this weekend so it could be interesting to watch one
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't realise that I mean, that that now it's an unknown quantity, right? Look, the guys are bringing in uh, Tom Van and and uh, Richard Clift I think is absolutely awesome but then on the other side, um, you know, my brother is actually the backs coach for uh, Premier Colts at UQ and he absolutely loves Jasper Melish. He's like, he, he's a bit of a fatty, you know, like got a bit of a um, sloppy rig, sort of just He was. He himself. wasn't
0: before COVID.
1: No, 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 but like we made the joke that he looks like he should be punching a dart while he's taking a shot at goal and he just puts it on the ground to take a shot and all that sort of stuff. But my brother just thinks he is, he thinks the sun shines out of his butt, to be honest. He just thinks he's absolutely fantastic. And, he has huge raps on him. You know, I, I said to my brother, you know, you don't play... I think he played Aussie Barbarians while at school. and You don't necessarily do that playing out of Siena College on the, on the sunny coast unless you've got some serious game. So, mate, he, he just says he's such a cool, calm, collected footy player. He's got rugby brain and he just thinks he's absolutely fantastic. So, I'm excited to see him get the Guernsey in premier grade because that goes to show... The, the Prem Colts at UQ have been absolutely chopping up. I know for a fact they absolutely slaughtered brothers on the weekend. Um, and a lot of that apparently goes down to guys like Jasper Mellish and Co. So that's absolutely huge for him, mate. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. But yeah, from all accounts, he's a hell of a football player.
0: Very, very true. Now, to finish off, mate, East versus Sunnybank. This one's for the Rick Cup. So obviously, emotional charged day out at. Uh, out of Tigerland. Now a big change for East this weekend. Uh, Tom, not Tom, sorry, Michael Gunn's going to be sitting this one out, and it's going to see George Bloomfield make his Premier grade debut. Want to say debut, starting debut. He's been coming off the four bench for the last few weeks for <laughs> Easts against his old club Sunnybank. So mate, George obviously had uh, a good career at. At Sunnybank from about twenty ten through to twenty sixteen, went over. He played for Oxford and um, he's come back. And I had a good chat to him last night. We're going to have a good story on him in the Premier Rugby Weekly program. But um, his dad, who unfortunately passed back in twenty seventeen, was a former Tiger. And George wanted to come back and play for the same club with his dad. So, what a week to um, you know make your your starting debut for the Tigers against your old club. Mate, yeah,
1: George Blomfield, an absolute gun. I had the privilege of playing first 15 footy with him 15-odd years ago at Brisbane Grammar and played a bit of Colts footy with him at the Kennel as well, mate. He is an awesome footy player. He's a bloody great bloke. He's a smart fella. You know, he's an inspirational bloke as well, you know. Like, there's a reason why he was skippering that Sunnybank Dragons side, as you said, from 2010 or so onwards at a, at a very young age. just because he's he's got a brilliant rugby mind on him so... Uh, to be able to lose someone like Michael Gunn isn't great. To be able to bring someone in like George Blomfield is absolutely bloody fantastic. So you don't lose too much uh, with George Blomfield and Gunny uh, interchanging there. But, mate, this is going to be a hell of a match of footy. Even when either one of these sides is on top and another one is on the bottom, this is a close fixture. It's a hard-fought one, and it's an absolute bloodbath. Look, East, East have got a fantastic side, but... Sunnybank are absolutely stacked to the gills, 1 through 15. Their depth is a little bit shaky. But, mate, if they're they're in it, they're in it. And we've seen over the past six, seven rounds or whatever it is, that they are right in these matches right to the death. So, look, Rick Tyrrell Cup, massive game. Anything could happen. I'm picking East, but expect a very brutal match of footy.
0: Well, mate, big Digby Iwani's going to be on the wing for the Dragons, mate, so anything could happen.
1: Yeah, is he right wing or left wing? Whoever it is, I think Dylan Kite, Tycato Simpson or uh, Shane Kennedy is going to have a hell of a day against him.
0: I believe he's right wing, so uh, I know I had a chat to... uh, Ty-Katto. Yeah, yeah, I know I had a chat to Shane Kennedy on Tuesday night about this and just said, you know, what it'd be like to line up against Digby's like, mate, coming from North Queensland, you never expect you're going to be able to have those opportunities, so he's he's frothing for that chance. So, um, yeah, going to be a massive game at Tigerland, mate. Looking forward to it. So, no love lost between these clubs, but definitely um, a great game and worth mentioning as well. This is me, uh, Sonny head coach, Sione, uh, who's returned to Tigerland as well. He's obviously his sister coach there for the last few years. Still got a lot of good mates at the club and he didn't leave on bad terms or anything like that. So, um, there'll be a lot of guys throwing some banter his way, no doubt, before kickoff. But... We'll wrap things up there, (laughs) mate, because you've got places to be. So, thanks very much for joining us again for the Club Rugby Collective Podcast, mate. And uh, no doubt we'll catch you out at Tigerland for what's going to be a cracking match of the round, mate. That's it, saucy boy. Thanks for having us, brother. I can't wait. All good, mate. We will talk to you soon. All right, folks. Well, there's a bit of bonus content this week. Obviously, we have the Super Rugby AU final happening this Saturday night Reds versus Brumbies down in ACT. There's a heap of QPR graduates in this squad for the Reds. And joining me today, just to have a bit of a chat about it, we've got former Reds and brothers great, Dale Murphy. And he's obviously one of our greatest commentators, too. Dale, how are we?
3: (laughs) Very good, Sauce. How are you, mate?
0: Not too bad. Now, mate, obviously, Super Rugby this year is taking a very different look and feel, all Aussie flavour, mate. But you, um, mate, as obviously like a commentator of the game, obviously as a player manager as well, you've got a chance to see a lot of the youth of Australian talent, especially here at the Reds, mate. How much have you enjoyed the competition and just getting to see some of these youthful young stars?
3: Mate, I think it's been very, very impressive. I think it's been awesome, the fact that we got some rugby back on the on, on the field, but more importantly, you starting to see these younger boys who have been in the system start to get the opportunities to really perform. And I think now, with that Wallaby squad that's been fixed, you can see a lot of them starting to develop, and are starting to move towards that next level, which is great to see.
0: Yeah, mate, with the Reds in particular, obviously, um, there's been guys who, I suppose, come through that 20s program with the likes of Liam Ryan, Angus Scott Young, um, Tate McDermott, who has sort of been there in the last few years. We've also seen a new cohort come through with the likes of Josh Fluke, Harry Wilson, Fraser McWright, who are all sort of very fresh. But who for you, mate, out of this red squad and some of these young guys who have come through the twenties pathway or out of club rugby, you've sort of really sort of caught your eye over the last few months?
3: I think, mate, it's it's hard to go past you know Wilson and Fraser. I think this year they've been obviously very very impressive. Um, But then if you look at that, you know, even that QPR pathway, the likes of Hunter Army and those types of guys who have really kind of generated through that system. And then the back, like John Campbell, you know what I mean? Those guys have have clearly showed that not only is the 20s program an excellent pathway, but, you know, the 20s and 20s rugby is an excellent pathway for you to go on and and move on to bigger and better things.
0: Now, mate, you mentioned Hunter there. Now, this is a kid who... He was obviously sort of in the Rebel setup. Things didn't necessarily go his way. He came up to Queensland for a fresh chance. um, Played at West. And no one sort of really knew who he was. And then all of a sudden, boom, into NRC program with Brisbane City. And obviously, through to the Reds this year. and Now named in the wider Wallaby squad, mate. It's a a great story.
3: Yeah, it certainly is. It's an excellent story. story. And it's about, I think, his uh, attitude. When he came up here, he kind of made sure that he did all the right things. He played his club footy. He got the opportunity at R- NRC level and then progressed there in, in, into the Red squad. But I think the biggest thing for him is in that Red squad, when he's got his opportunity to play, he showed the whole world what he can do. He's been super impressive. You know, his robustness and his physicality all across the park has just been a real asset to that Red side this year.
0: Well, I think if you look at Hunter and Wilson in particular, you've got two guys who have come into the Red squad and how they play in club rugby hasn't changed as to how they're playing the Super Rugby level. You know, often you see guys maybe take a step back so they're not 100% sure what their role is that they want to exert themselves potentially. But these guys have stepped up and delivered the exact same um, talent and attributes that we saw them play with in Club Rugby over the last few seasons.
3: Yeah, 100% correct. I think they've shown that no matter what level they go to, they can play that similar style of game and that can be just as destructive. And I think that, for the Reds this year, has really been a huge part
0: of their success. Now, mate, I suppose another fellow that's come through and been name of this wall squad as well, Filippo Dalgunu. Um, different story coming over from Fiji. He was obviously part of that Red squad in 2017 that went through to the grand, well, not the grand final, this final series. It was him and Ed Doe on the edges there. Fiddeau's going on to play for Samoa. And now we've seen Filippo come through, name of the Wallaby squad. His trajectory has probably been a bit slower. But once again, we're seeing guys who are seeing Premier Rugby as an opportunity to go to high honours and they're coming through and actually capitalising on those opportunities.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think when he first burst onto the scene, he was very, very raw. So I mean, he had that explosive pace and, and the physicality that got him around the park. But he also had that ex- impressive skill set. What I think we've seen over the last couple of years with, with Dungunu is a more complete player. You know, we saw in that game on the weekend. he wasn't just turning over the ball in the rucks. He wasn't just setting up and scoring sides himself. It was belting people across, you know, across the sideline. So, I think the transition and, and, and the promotion that we've seen with him over the last couple of years has been very, very impressive. I think, from my perspective, in the next couple of years, he's going to be one of the world's best wingers. If not, he's already there.
0: Good shout, mate. Yeah. The other fellow you mentioned early on, mate, Jock Campbell, and obviously probably a very unlucky exclusion from this wider Wallaby squad at the moment. But um, Jock's story is obviously a great one where he wasn't necessarily a schoolboy superstar or anything like that. Just went to UQ having played second 15 at TSS and he's worked his way up through the grades, had a lot of opportunities in sevens as well. Um, another product of the NRC pathway two with Queensland Country and just his... Uh, his sort of slow trajectory, you know, now we're seeing him play some absolutely brilliant footy. Some of the opportunities created in broken play, et cetera, this year has been great. But he's obviously someone who's played a lot of Prem rugby and has now sort of got to this point um, in sort of his mid 20s.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think he's obviously trajectory has been a lot slower than most, but he's grounded himself with some excellent experience at that Prem level. And I think that's what's given him the confidence to continue to grow at that, at this next level. For me, I think he you know, will get there as a Wallaby. I just think he might take a little bit more time, you know what I mean? Another year under his belt and then he'll be well and truly in that mix to, to not just be a Wallaby squad but to be a starting player. I think the more confidence he gets at this level, the more confidence he's going to show at that next level.
0: And while we're keeping on talking about the Wallabies, fellas, mate, uh one of your boys, Tate McDermott, mate. He's been uh, on a great trajectory since his graduation from Sunny Coast Grammar a few years ago, mate, and uh, very deserving of his spot in this his Wallaby squad.
3: Yeah, mate, he certainly is. I think it's exciting for him. I know, mate, he's been working very, very hard and he continues to work very, very hard on his whole skill set. He's got some real natural ability. You know, we see that when he scores those solo tries that he's continuing to grow and develop and I think... Hopefully, you know, we might see him in the, in, in the Wallaby jersey in, in the coming weeks.
0: Very true. Well, mate, before we hit these Wallabies tests against the All Blacks and then hopefully the Rugby Championship, we have got the final this weekend, mate. Um, we saw the Reds do a number on the Brumbies here just two weeks ago in Brisbane, mate. But probably going to be a much harder to affair than an ACT come this weekend.
3: Yeah, certainly will be, mate. I think it'll be decided by only a couple of points. I think the set piece will play a massive role, you know, in that scrum-the-line-out piece. I think there'll be a lot more limited opportunities across the board, but uh, I'm excited and I'm, I'm really, really pumped to sit down and watch this game over the weekend.
0: No, definitely, mate. It is set to be an absolute ripper. All right, mate. Well, we'll leave it there for this week's episode of the Club Rugby Collective. But very thankful for you to come on, mate, to have a chat. Thanks, Dale.
3: No worries, mate. Anytime.
0: All righty. See you in the commentary box, mate.
3: Thanks, all. See you, mate.